I'm Donica Contour, and this is Naptime Devotionals, Episode 41, Stand Ye in Holy Places, Studying Doctrine and Covenants, Sections 85 through 87. Welcome to Naptime Devotionals, a Come Follow Me study for busy moms. I'm Donica Contour, your host. I'm a mom of four kids, wife of a high school theater teacher, and my favorite show to binge watch is Murder, She Wrote. This week, I want to do things a little bit differently. And I feel like I say that every week, and maybe maybe I do do things every week differently. I don't know. Um, but I do feel like I say that a lot. But I am doing it differently. Anyway, so here we go. Um, I'm actually going to start by reading a um, quotation from Henry B. Eyring's talk, A Home Where the Spirit of the Lord Dwells. And this is from the April 2019 General Conference. He says, here's the pattern of decline that appeared after 200 years of living in perfect peace the gospel brings. Pride crept in. The people stopped sharing what they had with each other. They began to see themselves in classes above or below each other. They began um, to diminish in their faith in their faith in Jesus Christ. They began to hate. They began to commit all kinds of sin. Wise parents will be alert enough to notice those symptoms when they appear among the fam- their family members. They will, of course, be concerned, but they will know that underlying cause is the influence of Satan trying to lead good people down a path to sin, and thus to lose the influence of the Holy Ghost. So the wise parent will see that the opportunity lies in leading each child and themselves to accept more fully the Lord's invitation to come unto him. Okay? This episode or this um, lesson in the Come Follow Me is stand ye in holy places. And this is a phrase that has always stuck out to me. You know, I feel like there's different phrases that you learn um, as you go through young women's or young men's or, um, you know, you go through through church and you learn different phrases. And this is one that always stuck out to me is stand ye in holy places. One of the things it says in the Come Follow Me is, what are your holy places? Where where do you find peace and safety? What makes a place holy? In addition to physical locations, perhaps there are holy times, holy practices, or holy thoughts that can provide peace. What does it mean to be not moved from these places? And I think sometimes... When I was younger, I think I thought of holy places as a physical place, right? The God, um, the temple is a holy place. Um, the church buildings are holy places. Our homes are supposed to be like unto the temple, like unto the church buildings. They're supposed to be holy places. Um, but I love this idea that our holy places don't have to only be physical locations. Our holy places... Um, can be times, our holy places can be practices, our holy places can be thoughts. Um, I especially love the idea that we can have holy thoughts. Um, I'm a big, big believer in uh, Jody Moore. She teaches about how our thoughts can help shape and mold our lives. Um, if you have not checked her out, you totally should. Um, and I found personally that the idea of thoughts being holy, having holy thoughts, right? Because I feel like we can all identify, like, I feel like, okay, saying holy thoughts 
kind of may get kind of a uh, shrug or a um, from people. I don't know what to call that. Um, and but if you say unholy thoughts, people can think of things immediately that could be considered unholy thoughts. And so I think if we are able to have one, we should be able to have the other. And um, so as I shared last week, my um, grandma just passed, right? Um, at the time I'm recording this. And I, I have found my mornings and my, my middle of the night feedings, um, usually by the time morning hits, I'm just exhausted and irritated that the baby won't go to sleep, um, cause he hasn't been sleeping all night. But, um, but the first couple of feedings are these very tender and quiet moments where I find myself looking at my baby. He's, um, he'll be seven months old in about a week. Um, and looking at the softness of his cheeks and feeling his little finger wrap around or his little hands wrap around one of my fingers. Um, and you know, watching his eyelids flutter as he falls asleep and these tender, holy moments for me. Um, I've been thinking a lot about how with my grandma passing, um, my cousin and I were talking about how the veil feels very thin right now for our family and how now is a time to just be still and to allow those feelings to go through for at the beginning. Like, I mean, the first, when my sister called me on Sunday and said the grandma was passing, I was like, okay, um, pretty much just like that. Like, Partially she told me, oh yeah, grandma is not doing so well. And grandma hadn't been doing so well for like a long time. So it was no news to me. And so when she told me, no, it's going to be like any minute, um, I was like, okay. And so I talked to grandma and grandma literally was like, hi, Donika. Okay. Bye. <laughs> I was like, okay, bye grandma. <laughs> like that was it. She's like, all right. I said, hi. I said, bye. Moving on next. <laughs> like, um, and, uh, anyway, so she, she passed. And I remember I had a whole bunch of missed calls from my sister and I tried calling her back and she couldn't, she wasn't picking up. And so I knew, I knew immediately as soon as I saw the multiple missed calls from her, um, given what had happened earlier in the day, I knew immediately what the missed calls were about. Um, and then when my cousin called me, she got a hold of me and I was like, I have a feeling I know what this phone calls about. And so we talked for a little bit. Um, and I didn't feel sad. I didn't feel sad. I felt a lot of peace because I know the, I know the, the plan of salvation. I know the gospel. I know Heavenly Father's plan for us. And I know that we don't cease to exist when our spirits leave our bodies. Um, that I know that my grandma is very much there and here with me right now. And she's watching over my, my aunts and my mom and my uncle. She's watching over all of the different grandkids and our babies. And she's watching over my, my cousin's hydrangea bush and keeping out those creeps, the deer. She always called the deer, the creeps, <laughs> the creeps. Uh, um, and I just, 
I just felt so much peace. And then this morning, so that was on Sunday. Um, the day that I'm recording this is Wednesday. Um, so it's been a couple of days and this morning it just like hit me like a ton of bricks that I was not going to see or experience my grandma in the way that I had come to recognize as experiencing my grandma ever again in this mortal life. Does that make sense? Like I knew that I would see her again. I knew that she still existed. I knew that there were all these things that she would still get to see all these, my children getting baptized and my children getting married and she would be there for that. And she would see those moments, but I wouldn't get to see her see those moments. Um, I wouldn't get to hear her croon over my knitting ever again in the way that she used to while she was here on this earth. And I know that the next time I see her, um, it will be a different, beautiful experience, but it'll be different and holy in its own way. Um, and so I've been thinking a lot about what it means to stand in holy places, um, as I have been, um, going throughout this week and kind of mitigating, if you will, between the world of having a new baby and the world of grieving someone that you love that you've lost. So today I kind of want to focus on just this one scripture. We're just going to talk about this one scripture. Um, it's 87 verse 8. Wherefore stand ye in holy places, and be not moved until the day of the Lord come. For behold, it cometh quickly, saith the Lord. And so I want you to think about what are your holy places? What are your holy practices, your holy times? Um, for me right now, those, it's probably around 1.30 in the morning <laughs> is one of my holy times where Everything is quiet, and I'm just there with the baby, rocking him, soothing him, getting him to fall back to sleep before I, before I go go to bed. Um, and my holy practices are my prayers and my scripture reading. Um, even studying for this podcast has become something that I guard almost jealously. Jealously. Um, I guard my time for it to make sure that I can carve out time to read all of the different things and to highlight and to make notes and um, to sit down and do the podcast. Um, and I found... So, okay. So let's talk about Be Not Moved. Um, I remember... One time, we were so we were talking in the beginning, right, about how there are different things that kind of stick out from learning at church. And I'll never forget a lesson where we were taught that being in the gospel, being a member of the church, being a follower of Christ is like being on an escalator and you're trying to get to the top of the escalator, but the escalator is going down. Um, she said, I think a lot of times people, my teacher had said this, a lot of times people think that following Christ is like being on a staircase, right? Where we're trying to get to the top. Christ is at the top of the staircase. And so we're walking up. And if we stop walking, um, we just stop moving. 
But from her experience, and I can say now as an adult, um, from my experience, being a follower of Christ, if you stop moving, it's more like being on the downward escalator. You start to go backwards, even if you don't realize it. Um, so we have to make a conscious effort not to just do the daily tasks and check off our checklists, which kind of keeps us in one spot, right? We're not going backwards. We're not really going forward, but you have to be doing things. Um, you have to be actively moving towards Christ in pushing towards him. And I feel like sometimes the world and Satan kind of turn up the speed a little bit on that downward escalator. So we feel like we have to fight a little bit more and fight a little bit harder. And the entire time Christ is there and he's, wa and he's watching us and he's, you know, shouting encouragements and he's helping us. And if I could think of some kind of way of making him like physically able to help us, that would still fit with the metaphor. I would totally go there, but my brain is not, not there right now. So, um, be not moved from your holy places. I think this is talking about not just don't. Okay. When I was in Romans, I took it literally as in go to the temple and don't move. Just live at the temple, um, which, you know, would be awesome if we could do that. Um, but as 2020 showed us, sometimes that's not an option, right? Sometimes there's a worldwide pandemic and everything gets shut down and you don't go to the temple for a year, not because of any choices that you made, not because you haven't been um, living a righteous life, but because of things completely out of your control. Um, and we still need to obviously be living like we could go to the temple at any time, but our holy places, I think... I think our holy places are like Zion, right? Like in the early days of the restored church, um, Zion was a physical place, right? They were constantly trying to gather the saints to Zion. And Zion moved kind of as mobs chased people out. And eventually Zion um, kind of became Salt Lake City um, and Utah. And people started to flock there. And eventually it came to the point where church leaders said, Hey, Zion is where you're at. Like you build Zion where you are. And, um, we were talking about it one time and we we're thinking, talking about how Zion isn't even necessarily in a physical house or a physical building. Um, it's not a physical place in the way that we tend to think about it. It's, it's within us, right? We build Zion inside of us. We, try to cultivate it inside of our being. Um, and it's in our behavior. It's in our thoughts. It's in our actions. It's in our language. It's in how we dress and how we talk about our bodies and how we talk about other people and how, how we commune with our heavenly father and Christ, um, and our thoughts and, when we cultivate Zion that way, I feel like it's the same thing with holy places. Our holy places can be physical places. They can be the temple. I always feel better when we go to the temple. Right now, um, Pocatello is getting our own temple and one of our family traditions, which I hope sticks around as long as we live in Pocatello, is on Sundays after church, we drive up to the temple grounds and we just drive around and we drive around both ways. So we'll drive up the one side 
So the kids on the one side of the car can look at it and then we'll do a U-turn at the other side at the bottom of the temple and then go back up and around the other side so the kids on the other side of the car can get to look at the temple. And um, and I hope that's something that we continue to do. Um, but I think that ultimately standing in holy places is making sure that your heart and your mind are turned toward Christ. Um, Jake and I were talking the other day about how sometimes it feels overwhelming being a parent in 2021 with tiny people. And we have to teach them all these things and guide them through what's normal and what's not normal and what's acceptable and what's not acceptable and what what are things what are feelings we want to cultivate and what are feelings that we need to learn to bridle and what are you know what I mean like all of these things that we have to figure out and all these questions we have to be able to answer and you know um Jake was working on something and he's like hey I just realized he was I don't remember what he was doing but he made the comment that when Alma the Younger was going through his gall of bitterness, so to speak, he remembered that his dad taught about Christ. And that's all we need to teach them. I mean, obviously we want to teach them, you know, to go to the bathroom and tie their shoes and, you know, to be responsible human beings. But ultimately, the most important thing that we can teach our kids is that when life is good, come unto Christ. And when life is hard, come unto Christ. Always, regardless of what is happening in your life, move towards Christ every time. It's never, it's never going to be the wrong choice. Um, and if we can teach our kids to move toward Christ... He'll teach them everything else they need to know. He'll he'll guide their hearts. He'll guide their souls. They'll know if they're following Christ and they want to be like him and they will make the right choices and they'll still make mistakes. Don't get me wrong. They're still going to totally botch it because that's how we learn. Um, but the more that I learn and the more that I study and the more that I grow, everything moves me towards Christ. And that's the point. Um, that's it. That's the point. So I hope that you think about some of your holy places and you think about how you can cultivate and carve out that time for those holy places so that you can move towards Christ and regardless of your circumstances, whether life is good, whether life feels hard, whether life is just average, move towards Christ. Always be moving up towards him. I'll talk to you next week.